Welcome to Legal Management Talk, the official podcast of the Association of Legal Administrators. I'm your host, Kate Raftery. We're talking today with Lori Hughes, the Region 5 Director on ALA's Board of Directors. She's the Lead Operations and Information Security Officer at Miller, Nash, Graham, and Dunn in Portland, Oregon. Lori is lending her expertise from that role to this year's Intellectual Property Conference, where she'll be speaking on a panel about transitioning to a paperless or electronic law office. Welcome, Lori. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate the invitation to participate. Sure thing. Uh, So how about you tell us a little bit about yourself and your work? Sure. Um, I have been with my firm for over 25 years and in a variety of different roles. Uh, Some of those most recent positions were leading the change in the world of information and record records management for our firm, which is now as a heavy direction security as well. All right. So as you said, you've transitioned your own firm first to an electronics record system and then to a cloud-based system. What motivated these decisions initially? Well, our firm uh, made a determination a number of years ago that we had to find a way to handle the overabundance of electronic records. At that time, our record software did not handle electronic records, and I was asked to evaluate appropriate software and come up with a plan for moving to an electronic record system. We also, even with a retention and destruction policy in place, had years of materials in off-site storage, and we needed to reduce that cost. And that process blossomed further when we took the opportunity to roll out uh, the new software and we linked it to an overall plan for space evaluation because we had several office leases coming up for renewal at the same time. So we took it as a firm-wide initiative to reduce the footprint for the paper. And our initial software solution was an on-prem solution, and it did well for us for a long time. But when we received our notice of end of life of that product, we evaluated current systems and moved to a cloud-based architecture. When we first looked at an electronic software system, firm was not ready to make the plunge to cloud-based systems due mainly to security concerns. Over time, those concerns lessened, and so when we were looking at this new uh, cloud-based system. Uh, My IT director and I have discussed many times that the cloud-based system that we chose and are currently using as a document management system is more secure than what our firm and most firms or law departments could provide. We felt that at this point uh, we would not have issue with clients being concerned about the security of their system. And that took us to where we are today. (laughs) Sounds like uh, what most offices are going through, including, I think, ALA's headquarters. So could you walk us through some of the steps you took to become a paperless or at least less paper office? Sure. Uh, To speak to that term, paperless office versus the less paper, uh, when we started this journey, we were thinking we were going to be paperless. And uh, quickly on discussing with various people and kind of the realities that go with moving to paperless, Um, I realized that I had to retailor my message to a less paper concept. And this was to say that the goal was to work as much as possible without paper and not to create paper where records were already electronic. But we also needed to understand that we had a variety of work styles and practice areas and document currently in play that might need to be in paper in a temporary capacity and that that might continue for a while. Some of those considerations were um, people's work styles and the need to have key documents to take to a meeting or to go to court, 
and the technology wasn't as good as it is today, so we had to be understanding that they might need to have that paper with them for some period. And then documents that were considered necessary in original form, an example of that would be you know, if you have an estate planning practice, you may have original wills or you may have prints of a photo that are not going to be as good in electronic version if you scan them and you don't have the actual original electronic version. And things that are costly to reproduce are just not as easy, say, as a blueprint. And then there were documents that were required by rule or law to be maintained in paper format, and even those are reduced over the years where they were required. Now you can remove that from your process. And at the time we started uh, looking into this, electronic record keeping was really new to the legal field, and courts and other organizations were not ready to work wholly electronically. So initially we ended up with quasi-files of a mix of paper and electronic, uh, but we did set ground rules for that long-term handling of the paper files. So we came up with solutions of creating working files or binders that were copies of items already in the electronic system or that were being scanned in, and then those could be destroyed when the matter was complete. Uh, we also suggested that people print a document for a final review because at the time it was said that would we read things online on the screen, it's different than when we read them in paper, and that you should read your final documents for serious proofing and last-minute changes when they're mm -hmm. done. But then you would destroy those when you're completed. Uh, we started returning original documents to clients, whereas for a long time law firms housed those things for clients for years and years and years. And then making sure to clean up and destroy duplicates after cases are complete and really do a file review when your cases are done for any last remaining paper and get those things scanned. So depending on the drivers that you want for moving to a paperless environment, some of the steps may vary, but here are some broad stroke key pieces that we found. The first was gaining buy-in from your stakeholders. It could be your executive body, technology committee, practice team leaders. You also need to put on your sales hat and really provide the key drivers and explanations for why you need to make this move because everyone starts out very hesitant because we know that people are not very excited about change. So some of those key drivers that I addressed were reducing that outrageous off-site storage bill, reduce your real estate footprint, build collaboration and records at your fingertips, realizing that the current and the new workforce don't work in paper, very electronic, and going to paper is a backward step for them. And your electronic file has to be your client file. If you say your paper file is the client file, you'll never really get moved to uh, an electronic uh, workforce and, and workplace. So then evaluating where your papers and electronic records reside, this takes a surprising amount of time because there are hidey holes for everything. Determining what records should be digitized. Uh, records have a life and they have a death, and if you have a retention policy, you really don't want to spend a lot of time and cost digitizing materials that should already have been destroyed or will be destroyed in the next three to four years. You can provide appropriate equipment and or outsourced resources to complete the digitization, cleanup, and filing. You have additional staffing needs, even if to handle the scanning and filing, and it's very time-consuming, so make sure that you budget appropriately. And then creating tools like naming conventions and filing procedures. 
and I can't stress enough communication, communication, communication all along this process. The more that you talk about it, the more that you engage people in the conversations all across your firm, the better engagement you'll get in the actual digitization of the materials. And then training and best practices, if you're having to roll out a software, if you want them to use naming conventions, if you want to talk to them about how they should digitize the incoming mail, any of those pieces, you want to have good training and best practices set up. And then you want to follow up because everyone says, oh, yeah, I'm in on this. And then you find out they're still hoarding paper in their office or they're asking their legal assistant to print out all their email or whatever the variety of things that might be happening. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to reinforce two of the things you said because I I guess I belong in the millennial generation, so I I definitely go electronic first, uh, cloud-based systems first. But then at the same time, in addition to hosting this podcast, I write Bold Bites, for example, and other uh, publications. So I definitely go to print those out for the final proofing because definitely, as you said, there are things that you don't catch on a computer screen that you definitely catch on paper. (laughs) We tend to scan when we read electronically, and we look for highlights. Mm-hmm. And so when you're really proofing something for true content and grammar and punctuation, it's really important to not do that scanning version of your reading, and you, it's often easier to do it in a paper format. Exactly. So what are some of the unexpected benefits and challenges you've experienced uh, while being a paperless office? Well, I would say the first challenge is just getting everybody on board. As I mentioned before, change is difficult. And when we started this process, which is a number of years ago, it was a very large step for people to go from a long, traditionally paper firm to uh, electronic. And it caused us to do some of those baby steps to get there. But I think by incorporating it into larger processes for the firm, like reducing the footprint and I mean, we, I went through every box room and reduced box rooms down from four to one just in this one office and then went to other offices and did the same thing and had conversations with individual attorneys and staff. And bringing them into the fold in those discussions was helpful. And there are those who cannot let go of paper. It, they've just It's ingrained in their uh, foundation at this point. So you had to find creative ways and sometimes taking a hard stance to get people to move forward. I, for example, told a partner who said, well, you can go scan that, but then we want to keep the paper. And I said, I can't take time to scan something that we're not going to destroy. So I said, if we can't scan and destroy this, these boxes will have to be maintained in your office. And he agreed. So another not necessarily unexpected, but something that comes over time as you get more electronic data into the system is collaboration, where we have multiple offices, we have more remote workers having complete electronic files that allow teams to work fluidly, whether they're in one office or another, working from home or here at their desk, uh, they can get to that file, whereas when it is in paper, they may be able to get to their email, but not to the actual documents that they need that came in um, in paper format. And then I think we expected a reduction in some of our paper output and, and supplies that go with paper files, but then think about it in the reverse that we also ended up increasing electronic media costs 
and part of that had to do with going electronic, but also by requirements for our clients for encryption and other methodologies that are specific to electronic records. So you touched on this a little bit before, but why would having digital record storage be important to a law firm in particular? Well, I think, again, for reasons that I had noted earlier, we're consistently asked to reduce our costs, and we were going into an era where electronic space for storing documents is far less expensive than storing your records either on-site in your office or off-site at a storage facility, and we needed to really reduce those costs. So I think that that can happen with any law firm or legal department that they need to be watching for that. Uh, and that's not to say that there isn't some outlay of costs initially because you do have to build in that manpower, equipment, and software. But in the end, you're more collaborative, you're more efficient, and you're reducing those year-after-year costs, whether it's leasing space uh, where you're able to reduce your footprint or if you're talking about off-site storage. And I know when we did our remodel, we pared down the amount of space for storage at legal assistance workspaces, and we reduced our record center size because we reduce the footprint um, allowable for paper storage. And then other considerations are maintaining originals takes on a liability and risk for your firm or legal department. And you need to be aware if your state has mandates, you have a continued obligation to update clients on those records when you maintain them. So it became also something of working with general counsel on what was appropriate to uh, keep and what was more appropriate to return consistently to the client and keeping just copies of things electronically. And then to IP practice in particular, uh, our firm has both has IP. Uh, we have trademark, copyright, and uh, patent. And all of them are electronic, and they were really our early adopters. They didn't find that they needed to maintain materials electronically. More of the organizations that they work with were working electronically, maybe even before some of our other legal court systems. And so that did not tend to keep us from moving forward. There were things that they had to consider, like specimen documents or specimen items, uh, that whether they were going to return those to the clients versus maintaining them. And those were one of the few things that we thought held a potential for maintaining some sort of paper file. But mainly we've been able to reduce that down in a variety of practice areas. Great. So that's a lot of change in, I would say, like the past 10 years or so. So do you have any predictions for the future of your records department, maybe say in the next 10 years or even beyond that? Yes, I will say that I have personally, uh, in supervising and managing the, the RECS change, I have changed our records team from basically handling paper files, creating paper folders, and that now my uh, team, I just tell them, this is not the records department of the 80s, 90s, or even 2000. We're records and information management specialists. They do analytics and reporting mm -hmm. um, I, in addition to you know getting electronic records in and out of the system, but I tout my team members as experts in how they can organize your files, retention requirements, destruction procedures, and managing security. And most importantly, and a very big difference from when I first got involved in legal, is I ask them to ask 
questions and not to take everything at face value uh, because they often are really good gatekeepers to make sure that we're not um, out of compliance and we have so many more compliance requirements. So I think that you'll see security and compliance be a much bigger part of the records team members work and that they'll be managing not only electronic records that were strictly based in the records department, but we have great crossover with the IT department now and training and a variety of other areas. So I think that's only going to grow. So I think they're, they're definitely not generalists anymore, and they are specialists. Great. Well, those are all the questions I had. So thank you so much for talking with me, Lori, and thanks for speaking at the conference at the end of September. Thank you. Looking forward to it. I hope uh, to see everybody there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, listeners, remember, you can still register online to attend uh, virtually almost until the conference begins. I want to say thank you to our listeners and subscribers for tuning in. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us, which uh, makes it easier for others to find the podcast. As always, you can learn more about ALA and our other upcoming events at alanet.org. Until next time.